Have you ever been in a situation where your thoughts and your emotions seemed overwhelming? And I bet somebody probably encouraged you to take those thoughts captive. (laughs) That's something that we say a lot in Christian circles. And I actually do believe that that's the answer to those spiraling and overwhelming and negative thoughts and feelings. But a lot of times we don't take the time to actually dig into scripture, understand exactly what that means, and to explain to other people practically what that looks like like in your everyday life. And so today I'm going to share with you a training that was in uh, my Courageous Woman program that's since now been retired. But I thought, you know, I really love the training that I did. I love the information and I know that it's going to be so helpful and transformative for you guys. So I'm dusting it off and I am sharing the recording of that workshop right here on the podcast. Welcome to the Hope for the Weary Christian Woman podcast, the go-to podcast for the Christian woman walking through suffering and hard times. I am so glad that you're here. Do you want a relationship with God that's deep, real, and intimate? Do you wish that you could fully trust God's plans and process and rely on Him through all things and believe all of His promises? Well, take a deep breath. I got you. This is a show for the Christian woman who is struggling to trust God fully because life is so stinking hard. And maybe like me, you felt like there's no hope, no way out, and no point in even praying about it anymore. I want you to know that as long as God is on the throne, it's not time to throw in the towel. You can find strength, peace, and hope in a closer relationship with God when everything in your life seems to be going wrong. How do I know that? Because I've done it. Hey there, I am Latoya Edwards. I am your Christian spiritual growth mindset and life coach and a proud single mom of four boys. And over the last two decades, I have walked through more suffering and trials than I could ever tell you. In fact, there was a time when I was sure that God had forgotten all about me. He didn't. I was just weary from all the hard stuff. But I've come through it all with a fearless faith and a closer relationship with Him. And if that sounds like something you need to, you are in the right place. I can't wait to help you find renewed faith, a peace-filled mind, and restored hope. Let's get started. Today, we are going to look at, in this training, five steps that we need to do when we are striving to take our thoughts captive. First thing that I want to look at is why do we need to even take our thoughts captive? What is it about ourselves or about our thoughts that requires us to take some kind of action towards? The truth is that our thoughts have a really big influence over all kinds of aspects of our life. Our thoughts will dictate our beliefs and our actions. And as an example, if you are telling yourself that what you are doing in your quiet time with God, it's not enough. And you tell yourself that over and over again. Oh, I only, I only had 10 minutes today. That's not enough. Well, I studied an hour the day before and today I only had two minutes. That's not enough. Oh, my, my neighbor, she spends five hours a day in the word and I don't have five hours. I'm clearly not doing enough. Or maybe we think, well, I'm not praying the right thing. I'm not studying the right thing. You know, maybe I'm not attending the right church. I didn't join the right small group. All of these thoughts that we have, they influence our beliefs and our actions because what we begin to believe is that God doesn't love us and that God doesn't care about us because we're not doing all of these things that we think we should do. And so that then affects our actions, right? Maybe we we um, right, we just stop doing everything completely 
because we, if we can't do this right, then I'm not even going to try. Or maybe we run ourselves into the ground trying to do all of the things, thinking that if we can just check all the right boxes, that then God will be pleased with us. So our thoughts influence our beliefs and that influences our actions. So this is why it is important that we take our thoughts captive. So in these situations, usually the thoughts that we're telling ourselves, the take that we play over and over and over in our minds, it's a lie. It's not correct. It's not the truth. And this is where we get ourselves into trouble. Anytime that you find yourself believing a lie, you are not headed down a really good path. Find ourselves with this options and these choices. Are we going to do nothing and just spiral out of control, spiral down into this deep, dark pit of despair? Or are we going to, are we going to get rid of those thoughts? And we want to learn how to get rid of those thoughts because we want to always be walking and grounded in truth. So how do we do that? We can find the answer to this question, like so many others in scripture, but I think sometimes we kind of get lost in the weeds. We have these spiritual ideals of taking thoughts captive, of renewing our mind and all of those things that we don't actually understand what that looks like, practically speaking, in real life from day to day. So we are going to talk about that today. But first, I want to start, as always, in the word of God to see where do we get these ideas from? Where do these concepts and principles come from? And then we'll look at how we can rightly apply that to our lives. So the first place that I want us to go look is in Romans. It is chapter 12. We're going to look at verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. The next passage that I want to look at is in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We're going to look at verses 4, 5, and 6. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. So there are the two pieces to the puzzle that we're working on today. Romans tells us that it is important that we are transformed by the renewal of our mind. And in 2 Corinthians, we learn that we have to take our thoughts captive. Here's what that looks like. So I commented before that the the take that we play over and over again is usually full of lies. So essentially learning to take thoughts captives is learning how to change the tape that's playing in our mind. And so in, in 2 Corinthians, Paul uses this very graphic and descriptive language because he's making a point. When he talks about these strongholds and tearing them down and taking things captive, it sounds a little violent, right? Like when I think of taking something captive, I'm, I think of like of kidnapping or things like that. And I think that Paul is using those words and that image for a reason is that we want to do exactly what you picture in your mind when you hear the word captive. We need to grab those thoughts, grab those lies that are taking up space in our heart and our mind. And we need to like put them in prison where they cannot get out and they can't do the damage that they've been doing. When we think about this idea of renewing our minds, right? We need to change the tape, renew what we're thinking because we want to be thinking the truth. And so all of this boils down to this simple idea of taking the thoughts that we are having, 
right? What's in our heart? What is in our mind? And making sure that it lines up with the word of God. And then when it doesn't line up with the word of God, we've got to renew our minds with the word of God until they do. Okay, so taking our thoughts captive and renewing our minds is simply learning how to identify what thoughts do not agree with what the word of God says. Then we have to train ourselves to think the truth. And we do this by renewing our mind. And renewing your mind is simply learning to think in a different way. And as Christians, as believers, as daughters of the king, we want to train our minds and our hearts to think on truth. And truth is always found in the word of God. So I want to give you five actionable steps that you can do that's going to make this really practical. So if you're still feeling a little lost and confused, bear with me, because hopefully at the end of these five steps, you'll understand and have a plan of action and a clear picture of what you need to do. So the first thing that we have to do if we're going to learn to take our thoughts captive is we have to actually identify our thoughts. And this is going to sound a little kind of crazy, but you want to pay attention to what you are thinking throughout your day. And I want you to like have a journal, have a piece of paper, have the notes app on your phone, but keep track of the thoughts that you're having. You know, if I am as a mom walking through my day and I am frustrated because my kids are making messes and they're being loud and they're in my way, like I'm thinking these thoughts about my kids, right? They're a problem. They're a distraction. They're in my way. They're doing this on purpose. Like I'm just telling myself over and over and over again, all of these negative things about my children, at the end of the day, I'm going to resent my kids because I've been telling myself that they are the problem all day long. Is that true? No, they're just kids and kids are loud and kids are messy. And like, sometimes we have to change our priorities and shift throughout the day because we are adjusting the needs of our family. So be mindful of what your thoughts are, like literally get a piece of paper out and keep a list of what thoughts you are thinking, because what you'll find is that there's a pattern of things. Every time A happens, I have Y thought. Every time B happens, I have Z thought. And you'll be able to notice what the trends are and the patterns are. And once you can do that, then you can really begin to address your thoughts through this process that we're learning today. The step two is that you have to stand in agreement with the word of God on your thought. So if my thought is that my children are a problem and they're just causing everything that's wrong in my life, I have got to take that thought and see if it agrees with what God says. And that thought clearly does not because over and over in scripture, we are told that kids are a blessing and how wonderful they are and how important of a, like, and how important parenting and mothering and nurturing, you know, our children are. So you've got to take those thoughts that you've been having and see, does this line up with the word of God? If it does, great, right? Keep thinking that. But if not, then we have more work to do. And a lot of times this can be really, really hard because if you've been thinking something for a really, really long time, you are not going to want to let that thing go because it's going to feel like a part of you. And so I just want to encourage you, if you get to this point where you're looking at your thoughts and you're like, why why can't I let this go? Why can't I just agree with what God says on this thing? Just pray and ask God to help you hold these things loosely because like we form attachments, you know, for all kinds of reasons. And sometimes we don't realize that that's what's keeping us stuck. As a real quick aside, I want to point out that usually there are like three voices inside of our heads that we're having these thoughts, right? There are thoughts that we think on our own, right? Oh, 
right? She's looking at me crazy. Like there must be something on my face. She, you know, she can tell that I've gained 10 pounds, whatever, like the thoughts that come from us. Then there's our thoughts and the voices that come from like the Holy Spirit, right? When we, um, you know, see somebody sitting by themselves at church and we get that nudge to go and talk to them, to go introduce ourselves, to go maybe pray for somebody that you know needs help, right? We get the prompting from the Holy Spirit, but we also have a third voice that is, can be in our minds at times. And that's the voice of the enemy. And he is going to tell you lies over and over and over. Because all he wants to do is he wants to plant seeds of doubt. He wants you to believe a lie because then he gets your focus off of, um, you know, what is the truth and what God wants you to be focused on. That's why we spend so much time, right, in, in the uncover the lie section of trying to identify some of these common thoughts that we sometimes have when we're going through hard things. So keep that in mind when you're trying to see what agrees with God and what does not, you know, make that distinction. Anytime you can identify something as coming from the enemy, like it's not going to agree with God at all, you know, and sometimes we are telling ourselves things that don't agree with God. So keep those things in mind. Step three is that we've got to tear down the lie, right? Which basically means we have to stop thinking the wrong thing all of the time. And that sounds kind of easy, but this is where, you know, a lot of the work comes in is we think of it like wallpaper. We have wallpapered our mind with all of these thoughts. And so when we begin to take them captive, when we begin to say, is this an agreement with the word of God? We have to do the hard work of getting rid of that wallpaper. We've got to take the wallpaper down. Maybe there's glue left on the walls and pieces that we missed. We've got to get all of that out. You have to clear your mind of anything that is not of God, because if we even leave one thing in there, right, then we are putting ourselves at risk of like, of just being consumed by those negative unbiblical thoughts. Okay. So we've like, catalog what we're thinking. We figured out what lines up with what God says and what doesn't. And now we've torn down the lies that were previously in our, in our mind. So we might think, well, okay, I've gotten rid of the lie. That's it. No, that's not it. When, so just because we get rid of the lies and the unbiblical thoughts, it doesn't mean that our work is done. And I want to turn back to scripture um, before I explain the next step. And we're going to go to Matthew 12. We're going to look at verses 43 to 45. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places seeking rest, but finds none. Then it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house empty, swept and put in order. Then it goes and brings with it seven other spirits, more evil than itself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that person is far worse than the first. So it will be with this evil generation. And so in this passage, Jesus is speaking. And the lesson that he is telling here is applicable to what we are talking about today. If all you do is take down the wallpaper of lies that's in your mind, you have made a nice, clean and orderly place for this unclean spirit to come back and not only come back, but come back with seven friends that are worse than he was to begin with. This is why so many times we feel like we're making backwards progress um, when we are trying to deal with our what we're believing and our thoughts, because we have to do more than just get rid of the lies, because then all you've done is just like cleaned up so that it's nice and inviting for the enemy to come back bigger and better than he was before.
Okay, so how do we keep that from happening? We do a step four, which is to replace all of those lies with the truth. Put up new wallpaper, right? Put up something else there so that there is no room for those lies to creep back in. And how do we replace the wallpaper in our minds? We are to be transformed by the renewal of our minds. And that is spending time in God's word. You have got to dig deep into the word of God to read as much as you can about whatever the lie was. So if the lie that I am believing is that children are a burden and they just create chaos in my life, I have got to dig into my Bible to read every single thing that tells me what God's design for a family was, why children are a blessing, why my role as a mother is important. I've got to dig all of that out. I've got to hide it in my heart. I've got to read it. I've got to study it. I've got to memorize it. I'm going to go and maybe find encouraging sermons and other books about this topic that speak to the biblical truth. I'm going to fill my heart and I'm going to fill my mind with God's truth so that there is no room for that lie of my children are a burden to ever come back and take up room and affect my beliefs and my actions ever again. So I know that that sounds like a lot of work and it is because the truth is, is that this process of renewing our minds, it's sanctification. It is not a one and done thing where we do it once and we're never ever have to deal with it again. We are going to have to continually renew our mind, continue to take God's cap because I promise you, whatever lie that you defeat, the enemy is going to come back with it again and see if he can trap you with it again. Or he might come up with something new or different, but it's a process. We must always be examining our thoughts. We must always be seeing what agrees with God and what doesn't. We always need to be taking down the wallpaper of unbiblical truth, of unbiblical thoughts, of unbiblical actions. And we must always be replacing that with the truth that we find in God's word. When we do all of those things continuously, then we can do step five, which is to just walk in freedom, right? We are no longer slaves to those lies. We're no longer slaves to those negative thoughts. We can walk in the freedom that is found in the Lord because Jesus says, right, I am the truth, the way and the light. And he says, the truth is what will set you free. So when we are consuming the truth, when we are renewing our mind with the truth and we are believing on the truth, and then the truth is what is affecting and influencing our beliefs and our actions, we can walk in that freedom, right? Knowing that we are living a life fully surrendered to God and his plan for us. Let me recap really quickly for us as we wrap up um, this little training. When it comes to taking your thoughts captive, to changing the tape that's playing in your mind, right? Or changing your wallpaper, whatever, you know, illustration and metaphor works for you. Here are those five steps. Again, one, you need to identify what you're thinking. What are those thoughts? Keep a list. Keep paying attention to what is in your mind. What are you thinking? Step two is that we've got to stand in agreement with God on our thoughts. Even if God says we're wrong, we've got to stand in agreement with what God says about our thoughts. Then step three, we've got to take down those lies. We have to stop thinking those lies. When my mind wants to go to my children are a burden. Nope. I'm not going to think that anymore because it's not in agreement with what God has to say about myself, about my babies, about family, about motherhood, about children. None of it's true. I'm not going to think it anymore. And remember, 
Don't stop there. Step four, replace the lies with the truth. Dig into the word of God. Hide it in your heart. Sing songs. Listen to messages. Be around people whose thoughts and beliefs and actions line up with what God says on whatever the matter is that you're working on. So that five, so that step five, you can then walk in freedom. And remember, it's a process. It's not one and done. It is a continual process of sanctification, the power of the Holy Spirit that's working the change in your life as you surrender in obedience to the process. I cannot ever tell you that it's going to be easy, but I can promise you that the more that you do this, the easier it becomes, right? We do not want to leave room for the enemy to come back and bring his friends and our minds. We want to always, always be grounded firmly in the truth, which is found in the word of God. I hope you were blessed and encouraged by today's episode. I pray it inspires you to draw closer to God. If so, would you stop and share this episode with someone that you know that's feeling weary right now? It would also be a huge blessing to me if you could leave a five-star rating and review in your podcast player. This will help women just like you find the show. Thank you so much for joining me today. And remember, sometimes life just plain sucks, but God is always there with you. Rest in that truth and find hope for your weary soul.